2: Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello everyone, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm really excited that you joined and whatever part of the world you're listening to, Thanks for making me a part of your evening Uh, Tonight, um, I'm going to be continuing a series that I've entitled Jesus, the Ultimate Healer And um, I've been doing this series for quite a number of weeks Uh, Tonight is part six So, um, I'm really excited that you're able to join me And uh, I'm going to start a little bit of music tonight, and um, you just be, just be blessed by it, the start off with, I think, tonight I'm going to start off with Leland, you know, they graciously, graciously gave me permission to play their music, so I'm going to play some of that right now. Praise God, praise God for Leland and praise God they gave me permission to to do their, to play their music on, on the radio here. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm also equally excited to bring you the Word tonight, continuing with Jesus the Ultimate Healer Part 6. And I'm going to be continuing tonight with... Why healing is for now, and it is for all. I'm going to be continuing with number eleven, which is the plan of redemption. Healing is a part of God's plan of redemption. If you turn to me, turn with me, in your Bibles to Isaiah 53, verses one through twelve. I'm going to read it and I'm going to break it down. Believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender root and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought, our, that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned his, to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his soul. He was oppressed and afflicted. He did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days and he will of the lord and will, and the will of the lord will prosper in his hand after he has suffered he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. And that's Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. Now... In verse 1, it says, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, the arm of the Lord equals the power of God. And it's to the one that believes the report, the gospel of the good news. is the power of God. In verse 2, he, which would be Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus, he didn't. He didn't come. He didn't come in splendor and glory, like he will be coming in the second coming. He came and he lived a simple life. He, he, like you and me.
1: Um,
2: I mean, if you, if if he came in today's world, we wouldn't recognize him. We we have no idea who he was. You see, he would just look like you or me, to blend in, except for of course, is Mighty Miracles. Now, in verse 4, it says, Surely you took up our pain and bore our suffering. Grief is also translated sickness and disease. So sorrow is also translated pain. So that would be, Surely you took our pain and bore our suffering. Oh so that could be read, surely he took up our grief and bore our our sorrows. You know the thing about Jesus he was so pure, he was so holy was without without any sin, nothing evil. He was tempted in all ways, and he could have given in, but he didn't. And he was without sin. But yet, Jesus died a criminal's death. Because in that day, to die on the cross to be crucified is the same as being executed in a gas chamber or electric chair today or with lethal injection. In verse 5, it talks about but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. He wasn't there for his own sins, as I stated a few moments ago. Now if you go to Isaiah fifty two fourteen with me. That's just a couple of uh fifty two fourteen, turn in, in your Bibles with me. It says just as there were many who were appalled at him his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form marred beyond human likeness his appearance was marred His, his, his form his body was marred and this doesn't just refer to his physical appearance, but because not a bone of, of his was ever broken. But he bore all of our sins and sicknesses. God, not just the Roman soldiers, smote him and beat him,
0: Give Him the glory
2: Jesus, he went through so much and it's hard to describe what he went through, the agony and the torture. I'm going to play a short audio for you. It's crucifixion described by a medical examiner. What Jesus went through physically because although he was one hundred percent God, he was one hundred percent man. So he was susceptible to things that men are susceptible to sickness, disease, hurt, pain.
3: It's the most important event in history. What did it feel like? One weekend that split time into before and after. What did it look like if you believe? It defines your whole existence. What really happened? But how much do you really know about the cross? Any
4: illustrations I saw of the crucifixion were of a fairly placid uh, Jesus looking down in pity from the cross. This was not
3: a, this was not a pretty picture. Dr. Carl McCurdy has studied Jesus' crucifixion and has filled in many scientific details that the Bible leaves out. Jesus
4: allowed himself to suffer, and uh, I couldn't imagine a worse way to die.
3: Jesus said,
1: This is your hour when darkness reigns. Luke 22, 52 and
3: 53. Thursday night, April 6th, 30 AD. Most historians agree this is the date of Jesus' arrest.
1: Pilate had Jesus flogged, and handed him over to be crucified. Mark 15:15. 15,
3: 15. For prisoners sentenced to crucifixion, the first step was flogging. The Romans used a whip called a flagrum. It was specially designed to rip the skin off a prisoner's back.
4: They had it down to an art. The iron would make bruises, but then these pieces of bone would begin to cut and cut into the skin and the subcutaneous tissue and actually uh, would result in uh, lacerations all the way down to the muscle. The, uh, the pain would be uh, intense and unrelenting. The point of the scourging was to bring the victim as close to exhaustion and as close to death as possible before actually taking him to the cross.
1: The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. Then they struck him on the head again and again. Matthew twenty-seven, twenty-nine, and 30.
3: Next, for Jesus, a special punishment. The thorns themselves were most likely several inches long and horribly painful.
4: The face and the scalp have probably the best blood supply of any, uh, you know, any areas of skin on the body. You also have the, some of the most nerves, some of the greatest number of nerves uh, in the skin would be on, on the scalp and the face. Uh, again, intense, sharp pain.
1: They seized Simon of Cyrene, put the
3: cross on him, and made him carry it, Luke 23:26. It weighed between 80 and 110 pounds, and knowing that Jesus could not carry what the Romans called the patibulum, gives clues about the beating he'd already suffered.
4: One thing that we see in trauma is that a young person, a person who is in good condition, may be much closer to death than we think from the blood loss. So even though Jesus at this point was stumbling and, uh, and, and could remain upright, uh, he was probably very near the edge of, uh, of total circulatory collapse.
0: He
1: went out to the place of the skull, and here they crucified him. John, 1917.
3: Crucifixion was a relatively bloodless process. The nails Romans used resembled railroad spikes. There was one pounded through both feet and one hammered through each wrist. A nail or spike through the
4: palm would never hold the weight uh, of a body. But the spike inserted through here would, uh, would get right in the middle of those uh, wrist bones and would uh, um, would enable the, uh, the body to be suspended by the strength of those uh, those ligaments. The pain would be like hot liquid. It would be a hot shooting pain back up the arm. It would leave the hand in a claw shape and paralyzed.
3: Death on a cross had little to do with nails. Instead, crucifixion normally meant death by suffocation.
4: The only way you can adequately breathe would be to push up with the impaled feet, pull up with the arms in order to breathe, and then sag down again in exhaustion. And obviously, every time that happened, there was intense pain in the arms. The scourged back would rub against the, uh, uh, the rough wood of the cross. The uh, impaled feet would also have their own nerve pain and, and pain shooting up the legs. Uh, and it would be pure agony to simply take a breath.
1: With a loud cry, Jesus
3: breathed his last.
1: Mark fifteen
3: thirty seven. Crucifixion often took days, but Jesus died quickly. And as the loud cry suggests, he also died suddenly.
4: A catastrophic terminal event is a pathologist's phrase to mean that something happened all of a sudden to cause death. And my feeling would be that, that his scourging was so intense, the blood loss that preceded the... Uh, crucifixion was so intense that that shortened the uh, length of time uh, of the crucifixion. And in this case, the final event was, uh, was, I'm sure, either an abnormal heart rhythm or his heart simply stopped.
1: At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a new tomb, and they laid Jesus there. John 19, 41 and 42.
3: On April seventh, 30 A.D., the world turned dark. Jesus is dead. Friday is over. But Sunday is coming.
2: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for all you went through. You went through that for you and for me because you love us. Now, I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture, so you don't have to turn to your Bible there, but you can write down or come back and listen to um, and write down and get the scripture references. But Proverbs 10.13 says, Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of one who has no sense. Proverbs 19.29 Penalties are prepared for mockers and beating for the backs of fools. Proverbs 20:30, Blows and wounds scrub away evil, and beatings purge the innermost, inmost being. Proverbs 26 2 3 says, Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse does not come to rest a whip for the horse a bridle for the donkey and a rod for the back of fools those are in the proverbs there now these instruments were for fools um, are for fools and for those who don't obey or heed instruction Jesus was beaten for us He didn't deserve it He took what we deserved What you and I deserved So we wouldn't have to Sickness and disease are spiritual beatings I correct myself as earlier Jesus was never sick But he was struck with all sin and sickness because he bore all of it We are healed Thank God we are healed By his stripes The book of Acts Chapter 22 Verses 24 Through 29 Reads the command order That Paul be taken into the barracks He directed that he be Flogged and interrogated In order to find out why The people were shouting At him like this As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. The man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. Jesus, he didn't open his mouth when he was being beaten, like Paul opened his mouth to to defend himself. And um, but uh, Jesus, he he didn't he didn't open his mouth at all because of us. He he didn't open his mouth for us. He knew he could have called out. And would have been delivered immediately, but he didn't open his mouth so that we could open ours. When the devil tries to tie you to the past and whip you with sickness and disease, stand up for your rights. Jesus bore this for you and for me. You and I are a free citizen of heaven. We're not of this world, we're in this world, we're just passing through. Our real home is in heaven. So we have to remember that, like Rome, like Paul was a Roman citizen, we are a citizen of heaven, a free citizen at that. There's a song that goes, uh, um, uh, My home is in heaven, waiting for me. My home is in heaven just uh waiting for me my home when I get there happy how happy I'll be my home is in heaven where the rent is free because Jesus paid it on Calvary I like that Now you're only a free citizen of heaven if you have Jesus in your heart So if you don't have the Lord Jesus in your heart, you can do it right now. You just repeat after me to say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God, and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved, I am born again, I am forgiven, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. I tell you, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you today, all of your sins are forgiven you. Always remember to run to God, not from it, because He loves you so much, has a great plan for your life, and you are now a free citizen of heaven. The twelfth reason that healing is for all, and is uh, is for now, and is for all, is because the ministry of Jesus in John 6:38 it reads for I have come down from heaven not to do my will but to do the will of him who sent me Jesus came down to do the will of the father everything Jesus did and said was a divine revelation of the will of God Matthew 4:23 says Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. All were healed. Matthew eight sixteen says, When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and healed all the sick. And that is the unchanging will of God is to heal all the sick. Now I'm going to be going to the Book of Matthew, chapter nine, and I'm going to I'm going to read you um, Matthew nine thirty five. Jesus went through through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness matthew ten eleven Jesus sends out the twelve Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave him them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness matthew twelve fifteen Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. Matthew fourteen fourteen. When Jesus land, landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Matthew fourteen thirty four 34-36. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to them to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed mark sixty four i mean mark six verses fifty four through fifty six As soon as they got out of the boat, people recognized Jesus. They ran throughout that whole region and carried the sick on mats wherever they heard he was and wherever he went into villages, towns, or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplace. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, (laughs) and all who touched it were healed. <clears throat> now these people made human roadblocks out of the sick when they knew that Jesus would be coming through. They didn't just just go there, I mean, and and just hope that they would see Jesus. They literally brought their sick and they made human roadblocks in order for Jesus to heal them. Matthew fifteen thirty says, Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. People that didn't have faith in the anointing didn't get healed. Everyone that came to get healed got healed. Not one was turned away or told that it wasn't the will of God, there is not one verse that even implies this. People are walking by sight and reasoning when they say it's not God's will to heal all. They're not walking by faith or by the spirit luke forty luke four forty says at sunset. The people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laid hands, laid his hands on each one and he healed them. Now, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to pick up again next Friday. I'm sorry, next Saturday. And I'm going to um pick up with with the number thirteen reason of why healing is for now and healing is for all. I'll give you a couple of quick announcements before I before I end and um let you know that River Bible Institute and the River School of Worship and the River School of Government is starting up its second semester January 5th and those who are interested in starting up uh, there again can can start and I have been authorized to give you a free scholarship you don't have to pay it back if you feel you have the call of God in your life but money has been stopping you you feel free, you you have that, you you uh, just come to the River Bible Institute. You can check it out at riverbibleinstitute.com, riverschoolofgovernment.com, riverschoolofworship.com, dot com dot com dot com dot com. River School of Government dot com. River School of Worship dot com. Scholarships are available for River Bible Institute and River School of Worship. At this time no scholarships are available for the um River School of Government. Now, um Also, if you have any prayer requests, you can call 24-7 at any time, 866-857-4837. That's 866-857-4837. And you can also go to Revival.com, that's R-E-V-I-V-A-L.com, and you can watch the Archives of the Church Services Or you can watch them live And you can also attend in person At 3738 River International Drive Tampa, Florida 33610 And so um, Also You can go To, you can send me an email If you have a prayer request, a testimony Comment, question fire talk radio two that's the number two at yahoo dot com that's fire talk radio two at yahoo dot com and uh check out my facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash fire talk radio two that's the number two and twitter would be fire talk radio number two and it go ahead and follow me on the home page at blogtalkradio.com dot com forward slash Fire Talk Radio number two. Well, Fire Talk Radio two, that's with a number two. So I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear what's going on in your life. And until we meet again next Monday at 8 p.m., I have a show live um, Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m., unless there's any special programs in between. So until we meet again, know that you are loved, you are valuable, you are accepted in the beloved, you are more precious to him than anything, more precious than them rubies, diamonds, emeralds, sapphires, precious in gold or silver. You mean the world to him. He loves you, I love you. Until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love.
5: Yeah, I I believe that Christ's suffering uh, and the demonstration of the kind of um, of physiologic stress that his human body was under uh, is manifested in the Garden of Gethsemane where it's described that he was sweating blood, and there, are, there is a well-documented uh, medical condition in which patients who are under tremendous amount of uh, emotional stress and physiological stress can, in fact, uh, sweat blood because little blood vessels within the glands burst and, the, and then the blood is expressed. The, the, the scourge involved the use of a, a short whip with pieces of uh, typically metal, sometimes bone, sometimes pieces of porcelain wrapped in these leather straps which is then utilized to, to come across uh, typically the back, the shoulders, the legs of the victim. Uh, and uh, the first few passes across a particular body part would tear through the skin, the fat, but eventually, once the outer layers were were uh, torn away, it would start getting in the muscle and the tendon. And of course, Along the way, you're ripping through all the blood vessels that supply all those tissues, and so you're losing blood the whole time. The plant that was described um, uh, actually had a very long thorn, um, not the little thorns that we would think from a rose bush. These were thorns that were uh, typically an inch and a half to two inches in length. The scalp is one of the most vascular portions of our bodies. It had a huge blood supply up there, so then having those thorns shoved down, into the, you know, down onto the bony plate would have gone through all the scalp, which in and of itself would have created a huge amount of blood loss. Uh, I've seen people actually bleed to death from just a scalp injury. So uh, it's not a small injury to have, uh, who knows, dozens uh, of these things shoved into your scalp. And so that would have caused more blood loss. Typically, when a victim has to uh, uh, carry the cross, what has been described uh, in the literature, in in actual Roman literature, is they they describe they they carry the crossbar, Uh, and the crossbar is estimated alone was estimated to weigh about 110 pounds. And of course, if your arms are stuck out here, wrapped up on the cross crossbar, and you fall down, you need help getting up. You, you just can't get up on your own because there's no possible way without your arms to get up. So he would have needed help getting up. If he, fall, if he fell over, there's a good chance that he could have hit his chest, which, which then could account for the possibility of a cardiac injury. Anatomically, we consider the wrists as part of the hand. And so uh, with the placement of the nails between the radius and the ulna, at that position, it, it still fits, fits the definition of being in the hand, and it's in a position in which the nail won't rip out, which you have to have, have, to have a solid point of fixation. Uh, another interesting point about the placement of that is the median nerve goes right straight through that particular uh, 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 portion of the wrist, and so there would have been uh, either destruction of the nerve or, or impingement of the nerve that would have created a tremendous amount of pain so that every time you try to take a breath, you'd be it'd be agonizing. You'd be pushing down on spiked feet, which of course hurt, and then you'd be hanging on spiked arms, and so you alternate from excruciating pain to excruciating pain every time you take a breath. So, so even if he survives the actual crucifixion, he would have had to survive what I believe to be a. a a lethal injury from the spear just to find out whether he was alive or not. What's described is the loss of water and blood and that would entail either either pleural effusion or pericardial effusion and the blood would have come from either pulmonary artery, pulmonary vein, the aorta or vena cava, or the heart itself. None of those injuries, unless you're treated immediately by a trauma surgeon like myself, with all the Advanced equipment that we have would be survivable after even a few minutes. Christ, as the Son of God, could have survived anything. He chose to manifest himself as a human at that point in time and allowed himself to die. And, and being human at that point in time, he could not have survived this particular series of traumas. It's not possible. Um, Christ as God could have survived anything they threw at him. And, but he chose to be Christ the human at that point in time to die for our sins. And that given that that self-limitation of remaining to be human, he died. He did not survive the event. I am uh, I'm profoundly impacted by it. because I realized that the price that he paid was something I'm not I would never be willing to do for probably anybody it's very difficult for me to even sing songs about the cross even in worship because I truly do understand what he paid the price that he paid
0: Bye.
2: Something spooktacular is coming. It's SeaWorld's Halloween Spooktacular. With trick-or-treat fun and a Halloween show starring everyone's favorite Sesame Street friends. Plus, kids can come in costume. Halloween Spooktacular is included with admission, So join the fun. Weekends September 23rd to October 29th at SeaWorld. Get three months free when you buy an annual pass. Restrictions apply.